0: In Your Corner, back at it. One eight three three. in your corner is the number. helpitinyourcorner.ca or simply inyourcorner.ca to reach out, contact Savan, member of the team at any time. Lots of stuff to get through here uh, today, brother, including the top three mistakes adjusters sometimes make in long-term disability claims that you should know about. We'll get to that in a bunch of your emails as well, but we always start with uh, the week that was, some stuff that's been going on uh, around your desk, pal. What's happening? Okay, John, let's start off with a question that was posted to mydisabilityquestions.com. Yep.
1: This one comes from Marge in London, uh, Ontario. Uh, And I'm only putting that out there because, obviously, as we know from a few shows ago, there's some interest in the show from London, England. It's true. So this is from London, Ontario. So here's what Marge writes. Can my company dismiss me while I'm on LTD? I had a total replacement. I I think she means hip replacement. End of June and was on short term disability uh, through the company benefits provider. I returned to work after three months, and after one month, my employer sent me home and had me put on LTD due to complications from going back to work too soon. I've been told changes are being made in my department. Now, the reason that I'm reading this email, John, is because even though it's not specifically a long-term disability question, you can see how there is this interplay for individuals who are on LTD having also employment type of issues. And, of course, as people know and should know, we have employment lawyers in addition to disability lawyers at the firm, and we can handle your claims or we can protect you from all angles. That's very important because the first thing that Marge asks here is can my company dismiss me while I'm an LTD? Yeah, they can, but it's illegal. Right. Right. They're not supposed to. It's in contravention of the Human Rights Code to dismiss an employee, a disabled employee. What does that mean? Well, that means that if you are in that situation where you've been let go while you're an LTD or while you're eligible for LTD, your LTD application should not be affected by that. Your payments should continue coming in from your LTD provider. But the fact that you were dismissed by your company while disabled means that you now have a claim not only for severance against your employer, but also for human rights damages. And here's why this is important. Most LTD policies out there, if you're on disability, your LTD policy likely contains a provision that says that if you are the, um, uh, let go from your job and you get severance, we, the insurance company, are entitled to a credit for that severance. So let's give an example. Let's say you're getting $1,000 a month for LTD. Let's say you've just been dismissed from your job. Your severance is $10,000. That $10,000 in severance is equivalent potentially, to 10 months' worth of LTD. Okay. The insurance company may tell you, okay, well, now that you got the $10,000 for LTD, we're not going to pay you... Sorry, now that you got $10,000 for severance, we're not going to pay you 10 months' worth of that for LTD. Now, if we start a claim against the employer or if we get you severance plus human rights damages or even if the severance is split into severance slash human rights damages, the insurance company cannot get a credit for the human rights amount. Just the severance portion. Exactly. So if instead of $10,000 for severance, you get $5,000 for severance plus $5,000 for human rights damages, the insurance company can only get a credit for the $5,000 severance. Nice. So again, it's important, if you are disabled and you're having issues with your employer, with your employment, we can help you with that. You don't have to just contact us for long-term disability. And conversely, if you have no issues with your employer, but your disability provider is giving you uh, problems, they're cutting you off. They're denying your claim. They're bullying you. Whatever they're doing, you can contact us
0: and we can help you. One eight three three in your corner. That number and help at inyourcorner.ca. What else? Uh, what else you got going on? Here's another uh, question. This one comes from uh, BC and
1: it's from uh, Surrey uh, in British Columbia. Uh, gentleman's name is Greg, and here's what he writes. He was watching our, our TV show in your in corner. Your corner yeah, cool. yeah, which which of course runs uh, in in BC. And um, we have lawyers there who can handle these kinds of claims as well. So we're very active in the British Columbia um, market or community. And here's what Greg writes. He says, I'm 58 years old, have been suffering with abdominal problems, IBS, GERD, since 2011. This year, my employer said I was too sick to be at work and that I should go on LTD. So I went off work and I applied for LTD. Now the insurance company says that I am not disabled enough. Enough. They denied my claim. They said that I could appeal and have my doctor or specialist supply them with further clinical documentation. So let's unpack this, uh, John. We've seen this quite a lot. And in fact, you were finishing the sentence here as I was reading it. When the insurance company says, you are not disabled enough. What the hell does that mean? What, What does that mean? If you cannot do your work because of an illness or an injury and your doctors are supporting you being off work, they're saying you cannot go back to work What is going on here with an insurance company adjuster saying you are not disabled enough? enough? That is nonsense. As long as your doctors are supporting you being off work, you are disabled enough. So when people go out there and they're looking at their disability policies or they're given a letter that says, you know, we're going to deny your claim or we're going to cut you off disability because you're not disabled enough. Just think about that for a second. What does that mean? It makes absolutely no sense. Now, people may look at their disability and, and you know, uh, policy, and, and they may see the phrase total disability. And the insurance company saying, y- y- you know, you don't qualify under the definition of total disability. What does total disability mean? It doesn't mean you have to be catatonic. It doesn't mean you have yeah. to be paralyzed. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, in the hospital bed, in not able to In a vegetative state. Exactly. Yeah. It does not mean that. no. Yeah. All it means is that your doctors are saying you are unable at the present time to go back to work. Whether it's in your occupation or another occupation, that's a different story. But the point is, that's what it means. So don't be fooled by what insurance companies tell you. This gentleman, Greg, here, we're going to help him. Unfortunately, um, you know, he's been denied. Yep. We can help him with that. And, and by the way, he mentioned something else. He mentioned an appeal. We're going to get to that in a bit, right? Because this is something that uh, we talk about quite a lot. Should you or should you not appeal these LTD
0: denials? Greg, appreciate you reaching out. Uh, you know the number one eight three three in your corner, and any time you want to uh, send an email along, it is help it in your corner, and a place to find the TV show as well in your corner. .ca. lots more of the show is on the way stick around global news radio the number 1833 in your corner help at in your we'll have some of your emails coming up here in, uh, in just a bit but I know there's a few more things or at least a couple more things you want to uh, to talk about Savannah. no oh we're done good we we'll are right done. on to the emails I love it that's <laughs> go. good because standing by we got uh, Ben Ben says uh, I caught your show last week on TV and I thought it was uh, thought it was great it's about time there's a show on how to deal with the insurance companies here's my buddy's story. He was denied long-term disability three and a half years ago after he was injured badly in a car accident. He broke two vertebrae in his back and suffered partial paralysis. He was told that he would never work again. The insurance company denied his claim for LTD because they said that he applied for LTD four days late after their deadline. He appealed their decision twice and was uh, rejected both times. Big shock there. So uh, he simply gave up. Is there anything you can do to help him now? He's only 56 Ben,
1: unfortunately, uh, there's nothing we can do because the denial happened three and a half years ago. Right. And that's something that people need to understand. You have only two years from the date you were first denied long-term disability to start a legal claim against the insurance company. So, you know, he's 56 years old. This is a severe injury. He's going to be probably in this state where he cannot work until forever Just imagine how much money he's now not going to be able to get from the insurance company, money that is owed to him. This is really, really important. Do not miss these limitation periods. Now, he tried to appeal this decision twice, right? We ended the last segment with me talking about that gentleman from Surrey in BC who is also talking about, you know, the appeals process. Do not appeal these decisions. Listen, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. My advice, my advice is to start a legal claim against the insurance company, not to go through this appeal process. And, and you know, if you go through the process, be mindful, be mindful of that two-year limitation period. Now, I, I want to touch on something else. This is something that I see more and more. Insurance companies are uh, saying that, they're denying your claim, not because they don't think you're disabled. Clearly, in Ben's buddy's case here, clearly he's disabled. I mean, he, fa- he, you know, he fractured uh, vertebrae in his yeah. back. He's, he's, these are serious injuries. But they're saying he applied four days late. Four days late, John. That's it. Come on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, that's not right. It's not right for the insurance company to deny his claim. So does the insurance company have the ability to deny that claim on the basis of him being four days late? Yes, technically. But here's the thing that's beautiful about our justice system. There is a mechanism, there is a legal argument that we can advance called f- uh, relief from forfeiture. Okay? This means nothing to the public at large, but lawyers who deal in this area of law or other areas of law where this principle is used will understand. All that means is that you are asking the courts to use their discretion to say that him being late in filing an application four days late Does not necessarily bar him from advancing his claim for actually getting LTD. I'm not going to tell you that it's a hundred percent foolproof argument, and that he's definitely he could you know that we could have recovered for him, but I can tell you that it's a much easier argument to make than having to bring a claim three and a half years later, one and a half years beyond that two-year limitation period. So if the insurance company is saying you know you are a few days late, a week late, a month late in bringing your application for LTD, and that's why we are rejecting your claim. Let us deal with that. Let us try and still uh, uh, move forward with a claim. And, and, you know, again, I want people to understand insurance companies denying claims, that's, that happens day in and it's day what they out. Do. It's what they do. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they have a legal leg to stand on. It doesn't mean you can't challenge them. But unless you actually take that step of Of knowing that you are you know that you have power, that you have options, contacting us, having us deal with this on your behalf as soon as possible, you're never going to know. And in Ben Buddy's case here, he's now out of pocket I mean, I don't know how much money he was making, but he's 56, so at least nine years' worth of long-term disability. Yeah, right I mean, imagine if he's owed 50,000 dollars a year in LTD. right do the math. Fifty times. I mean, holy cow! That's money that now the insurance company is
0: keeping for itself. That denial thing is brutal. I mean, I know you've you've mentioned before in past shows. There's actually, there's actually. Law firms out there that actually will advertise advising you how to handle the appeal. Yes. No, 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 no. Don't go that far. Yeah, yeah. Lawyers who will tell you specifically, you know, here's what
1: you need to do when you're appealing these denials. Forget about that. Yeah. And this is, again, brings home the point, John, how important it is to make sure that you go to the right lawyers, the lawyers who understand that area of law, the lawyers who have experience in that area of law, and the lawyers who can get your results in that area of law. Because again, if you have a heart problem, you're not going to go to a dentist, Sure.
0: right? So it's the yeah. same thing with law. You have to make sure you go to the right lawyers. We'll take a, a short break. We've got to, uh, lots of stuff to get through. So I want to get through these breaks and get right back into the meat of the show. Another email is on the way. Some questions as well. 1-833-IN-YOUR-CORNER is the phone number. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the email address. you want to send one along. We'll... Do that after a break right here on In Your Corner on Global News Radio. 1833 In Your Corner is the number to reach out anytime, get a hold of Savannah or James or a member of the team. We'd love to talk to you and go through your case, see if uh, you are in the right place. And if that's the case, that's the number you want to use. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the email if you're uh, a little bashful to pick up the phone. Start there. Greg writes in, says, my LTD insurance company, cut me off because they say that I refuse to go see their doctor, but their doctor is very far away, over eight hours drive. I said eight hours. That's like having a doctor in New York uh, from Toronto. And uh, when I asked for help getting there, they refused and just said that I got to figure it out. I cry all the time and I don't know what to do. My best friend told me to write to you. My psychiatrist thinks I should be hospitalized. Please help. Well, Greg, here's the good news. We can help. And, John, this is not the first
1: time that I have seen insurance companies make these kinds of unreasonable requests and demands of individuals who clearly can't comply with what the insurance company adjuster is asking them. Now, it's true that in an LTD policy, usually you have a provision that says that if the insurance company wants you to be seen by one of their doctors for an assessment, not treatment, for an assessment, then you have to attend. That's fine. You have to attend if you have that provision in your policy. But here's the thing. You know, let's take this to an extreme with Greg's case. What if that doctor that they want him to see is, is in Botswana? Right. Right? I mean, what? He then has to make arrangements to go there? It's insane. Yeah. There has to be a reasonableness aspect to it. So here's the thing. Uh, he says that they cut him off because he refused to go see their doctor. Here's the way I would fight this. Let me share this with you because I've done okay. this before successfully against an insurance company. It was a very similar circumstance. And this was out uh, in BC. And the insurance company wanted this, this lady who was suffering from psychological issues to go see one of their doctors who was 12 hours away. Nice. Right? And she says, listen, I can't. I, I simply can't. I mean, my psychiatrist says I can't. I, I, you know, I, I hardly come out of the house. And so the insurance company cut her off. So when we got involved, our position was very simple to the insurance company. We will 100% ask our client and advise our client to go see your doctor. And in fact, she never said that she wouldn't. She simply said that she can't travel those 12 hours. So by all means, fly that psychiatrist over to her house. Nice. She never said she's not going to actually see your psychiatrist. She just said she can't make the truck. Right. That's very different. It's very different to say this individual says that they're not going to comply versus this person saying, I'm going to comply, but you have to give me the opportunity to comply, right? So then the insurance company turns around and says, oh, okay. In that case, we'll make arrangements, Mm -hmm. and they put her back on claim, right? They reverse their position. So you see, there are arguments. There are ways to force an insurance company to reverse course, to force them to come to the table and resolve the claim. So Greg, again, you are not alone. Okay, very important to understand. Don't be. Don't feel defeated. Don't feel like you have no options. You have options. We can force the insurance company to be reasonable because if they're not, they're going to be facing with a legal claim. It's going to cost them a lot of money, a lot more money, than if they simply come to the table and try and resolve
0: the case now. little advice to the insurance company. Get a closer doctor. How about that?
1: Yeah, but John, but do you really think they don't have a closer doctor? Like I hours. mean, they
0: understand what they're doing, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's not as though they don't understand that it's unreasonable to ask someone to travel eight hours, you know, or 12 hours or whatever it is. But they understand that it's going to rattle the individual. Again, remember, they're trying to shake you off the claim. They're trying to get you to stop getting LTD, whether they're cutting you off or you're simply saying to them, okay, I don't want to get paid anymore because I don't need this aggravation. Right. And that does happen. No we always talk about insurance companies denying claims and cutting people off what we don't talk about is people who simply give up who say you know what stop paying me i don't want to deal with this anymore i've had enough i've had enough but it's the same idea the insurance is trying to get you off claim because as soon as you stopped as soon as you stop getting paid by them that's money that they're saving that's money that's going
0: to their coffers as opposed to your household so what else can people do when insurance companies make unreasonable demands like traveling 8 to 12 hours well, make a distinction. That's a good question. Make a
1: distinction between saying no to what they're asking right. versus saying I, I will do it, but here's what I need in order to be yeah, to allow me, me to. throw me a do bone it. here and help me out. Yeah, I, this is again. So so be careful of saying no. You're not saying no. You don't want to be non-compliant. You just want to tell them I will comply, but here's what I need to comply. And my suggestion is, and James, when he's on the show, he always says that, and I agree with him a hundred percent. Confirm those conversations in writing. Right. Don't, don't use flowery language, just be very matter of fact. We had this conversation on this and this date today, earlier today, whatever it is. Here's what you've asked, here's what I've responded. Make sure that that conversation is memorialized. That down the road, six months from now, the insurance company can't come back and say, here's what you said. No, 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 that's not what I said. Because I have an email that I sent to the adjuster where I outlined nice. exactly what I said that day. So, you know, you can do that. And and you know, again, protect yourself. Don't trust the insurance company. They're not there for you. They're there for themselves.
0: Melanie, your email is coming up. Stick around. We'll get to that. Just got sent over. Help at in your is the address and one-eight three three in your corner. This is in your corner, and it continues right here on Global News Radio. The number anytime, reach out, get a hold of Savannah, the team, one eight three three in your corner. Email address is help at in your corner. .ca as well. As promised, Melanie, your email is out. Melanie writes in, Savannah, she says, uh, I'm an insurance adjuster myself, and I can't believe that I'm now in a situation where I'm asking for your help. Three years ago, I started having problems with my hands, and then that spread to other parts of my body. I experienced frequent seizures and other symptoms such uh, that I can't function properly both at home and at work. I thought my insurance company would come uh, cover me and they did up to last week uh, when my long term disability payments were cut off because apparently the reports of my neurologist and family doctor were not enough to prove that I'm disabled from working. I can't believe this is happening. I'd, uh, I'd like your help now, if possible, to make them pay. Well, Melanie,
1: thank you for your email. And, you know, the fact that you're an insurance adjuster yourself and you're seeking help from us, you know, I. I it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we don't we don't discriminate, right? I mean, John, it doesn't matter to me who's coming for, for help uh, uh, to us. I, and I don't care that they've been on the other side. You know, we have defense lawyers, lawyers that we oftentimes fight with because they're representing the insurance company. We have them send us referrals because they respect the work that we do. Wow. I mean, what better compliment is there than having an opposite lawyer who works for insurance companies refer people to us so we can help them? Uh, so, Melanie, look, at the end of the day, The fact that you have doctors and specialists, specifically, who are saying that you are disabled, who have written to the insurance company saying that you are disabled, the insurance company should not be allowed and should not be able to cut you off or deny your claim. We can help. I need to see those letters. I need to see the denial. I need to understand more about the circumstances. But I can tell you, again, like I tell everyone else, we will be able to help. I need to see the documentation, and within a few minutes of reviewing the documents, I will tell you exactly what your legal options are. And based what you've written to us just now, I can tell you you have a case. Right. So don't wait any longer. We'll connect after the show
0: and we will help. InYourCorner.ca is the website anytime. You want to find out where you can catch the uh, the TV show as well, In Your Corner, it'll be there. Email is help at InYourCorner.ca. Um, you hear a lot about it, opioid addiction, uh, alcohol, other sort of uh Drugs, it's, it's, it's unfortunately very common. If you suffer from a disability, uh, a disabling addiction, and you have a relapse, can your insurance company cut you off because of that relapse? That's
1: an interesting question, John. We're dealing with a case in BC right now where that's exactly what the insurance company is saying. And I was talking with our lawyer there in BC on, on my team, and uh, you know we're going to attack that denial because that gentleman was denied LTD exactly for that reason because of a relapse. We're going to attack that denial on on t- in in two ways and I'll share that with our listeners. Number 1, we're going to say that relapse is actually part of that process of recovery. Right. I mean if you speak to any addiction specialist they'll tell you that it's not uncommon to have relapses. It's not to say that the person is not trying to get better. That's part of the disease. It's part of getting better. It's part of getting better sure. exactly. It takes time. Not everyone is perfect. People are different. People react to treatments differently. So number 1 In our view, the person is trying to comply with treatment because that's usually what the insurance companies say. They say that if you had a relapse, it means you're not complying with your treatments, okay? So that's our argument for that. But from a broader perspective, I actually think that a provision in a policy of insurance that says that we are going to cut you off or deny your claim because of alcoholism or because you had a relapse... I'm not sure. I think that violates the human rights code yeah. because the human rights code specifically says that you cannot discriminate on the basis of X, Y, and Z. And one of that is alcoholism, addiction, right? Yeah. right? So, it's a disease. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Think, I think we have a broader argument here against the insurance industry as a whole. And you know what? We're going to attack them. We're going to take the fight to them. So if you're in that situation, you're suffering from some kind of an addiction, whether it's alcoholism, op- uh, opioids, whatever, and you've been denied or cut off disability, come to us. We will have a chat. We'll review your documentation, and we'll tell you what your options are. But as far as I'm concerned, you have options, and you can't fight back.
0: Again, 1833 in your corner is that number anytime. Uh, Leslie, next up with the email, says, my husband fell outside of work hours on his, his way home and injured his back pretty badly. He got EI sick benefits, but his long-term disability claim was rejected. The adjuster says that it's a worker's compensation claim, but he was denied that too because the fall happened outside working hours. His union, he's unionized. His union say that uh, they can't help. Uh, should we appeal the decision from the insurance company?
1: No, you should not. And you know, this is one of those cases, John, where people are trying to pass the buck, right? Yeah. WSLB saying it's not us. His union saying we can't help. You know, this person feels again alone. That the, you know doesn't help know us. what to do exactly. Yeah. Now, Leslie, here's what I will tell you. If workers' comp rejected your husband's claim, he should not be appealing that LTD denial. We should be starting a legal claim right now. In addition to that, this is very important, it's not just a disability claim. If he fell outside of work and workers' comp says it's not a work-related injury because it was outside of work or outside the premises... I want to understand what exactly caused him to fall. Was it an icy sidewalk, for example? What actually happened here? Because he may have a claim for compensation above and beyond long-term disability, Hmm. right? If you're injured because you just walked somewhere, John, and you slipped and fell and you broke your back or something happened, you could be getting pain and suffering damages, uh, out-of-pocket expenses paid for you, medical rehabilitation expenses, in addition to your claim for long-term disability, So, Leslie, in that situation, I would like to speak with your husband directly, if possible, and I'd like to understand the full picture, and then we will be able to advise you and your husband about all your legal options. And you may have two separate claims here, one in relation to the actual fall itself, a personal injury uh, claim, as well as a long-term disability claim. Under no circumstances will I advise your husband to appeal the denial from the insurance company. I think it's a waste of time. And I think that all that's going to happen, is going to frustrate him and you,
0: and it's going to just buy the insurance company more time. So you definitely look at where he fell, who was responsible for yeah. keeping that area, I guess if it's a case where it's icy or whatever, keeping it safe, keeping it salted, so on and so forth, right? That's right. Do some digging there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: I would want to see if there were any uh, photographs that were taken of the time, right, that show the state of, of, of the sidewalk. Do. Exactly. And yeah. of course, remember that... You know, if you fall and slip and fall on ice uh, on uh, city property, on on sidewalks, you have 10 days to notify the city clerk in writing Mm -hmm. of the injury and of your intention to potentially make a claim. If you don't follow that 10-day guideline from the time of the incident, you may be prejudicing your claim. Again, remember, these are two separate claims here with Leslie's husband. One is long-term disability, and the other one deals with potentially other types of damages for the injury.
0: Back to your emails. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the address. We'll bounce over to one after a short break. The phone number anytime, one eight three three in your corner Lots more in your corner on the way. Stand by right here on Global News Radio. The number, 1833 in your corner and help at inyourcorner.ca. Wanted to get to this. As mentioned off the top of the show, Savannah, the uh, the top three mistakes adjusters sometimes make in LTD disability claims that you should know about. Give them to me. What are they? Okay. um, So it's interesting. James is not here. I'm sure that we would have had a nice discussion if he was. He probably would have come up with
1: other ones. There are tons of mistakes that adjusters make when they're adjusting a claim. Again, I want people to understand the fact that an adjuster tells you something doesn't mean it's correct. So, as an example, in long-term disability cases, in many instances, Mm -hmm. uh, we see adjusters who cut people off or deny their claims without reading all of the medical documentation that's been provided to them. And I can tell you there was uh, an instance uh, a a few weeks ago, I think I told you, Albert, a lawyer in my office, who got a chance to question one of those adjusters on a claim he has. And the adjuster says, yes, I've reviewed all the medical documentation. Says, oh, really, all of it? Yes, she says, all of it, everything, every single piece of paper. So he starts putting in front of her the various doctors' handwritten records. And of course, we all know a lot of doctors out there you can't there, read, that stuff, you can't read, like read anything politics, that, exactly. If that good? And guess why, John? Do you think that she was able to read nope. those? No. Nope. And and page after pages. No, I haven't reviewed that. I haven't reviewed that. I haven't reviewed that. Wow, but and, she and said she said that. And and the lawyer, the insurance lawyer. That's right next to the adjuster, you can just see her face. Wah, She's like, wah, oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. So, again, don't assume that the adjusters have read all of the medical documents, even if they say that they have. So, that's number one. Number two, they often make decisions, these adjusters, on the basis of wrong consultants. So, how many times have we spoken about these instances of uh, somebody who has been denied or, or cut off disability because the insurance company adjuster said, I've consulted one of our consultants, whatever the hell that means. Is it a medical doctor? Is it an occupational therapist? What is it? Uh, And on the basis of their opinion, we think that you are not disabled enough to qualify for LTD. Let me give you an example. We had a lady from British Columbia recently who suffers from concussion and vision issues. Right. And the adjuster cut her off on the basis of an opinion from an occupational therapist, not an ophthalmologist, not a neuropsychiatrist for her concussion, which is a brain injury, on the basis of an OT. And there's nothing wrong with an OT, but again, to use the example I used before, if you have a heart problem, you're not going to go to your dentist for a diagnosis. But adjusters often get their opinions or whatever opinions they rely on to cut off a claim from consultants who don't have the correct expertise in the area that we are dealing with. Number three, Adjusters sometimes misread or misunderstand the actual policy that they are asked to adjudicate on. You know, again, I mentioned Albert, the lawyer in my office, that same adjuster who had said that she had read all the medical documentation and really hadn't. Right. Uh, she actually confirmed during that questioning under oath that she had no training whatsoever in interpreting the phrase total disability. Wow, good. Can you imagine that? This adjuster who's tasked with helping and adjudicating claims for disabled individuals where that term, total disability, is at the heart of whether or not you qualify for getting paid under those policies. She had no training in understanding what that phrase means. So again, don't assume that if the adjuster is telling you something or they're demanding that you do something, don't assume that in fact they understand or know what they're talking about. Many of them do, many of them don't. So here's what you do. You tell them, Show me where in the policy it says that I'm supposed to do what you are telling me to do.
0: Because that's that's the you know the Bible for all intents and purposes of, exactly. the, of what you're doing here, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there
1: are many more you know, many other mistakes, but you know, the lesson here is that insurance adjusters make a ton of errors day in and day out. And this goes to my broader point, which is that if you are cut off or denied LTD and you know you're disabled and your doctors are saying you're disabled. Let us have a look at your file. We'll tell you within minutes if in fact the insurance adjuster has made a mistake here in your file.
0: Janet, want to get to your email here. Help it, uh, help it in your corner.ca is the address by the way Janet says my husband had a heart attack last year. He's 48 years old and works as a general laborer making about uh, 55,000 a year. He can't work because of his heart condition and also because of high blood pressure, PTSD, and obesity. He applied for LTD and was denied three times. His union said that there's no point doing anything further because of the three denials. And I'm wondering if there is um, anything you can do. They said that we can consult a lawyer. Okay, Janice. They got so that th- part
1: right. They did. They yeah. did. Unfortunately, they got that part right, but not the other part, which is that there's nothing you can do because right. you've been denied three times. Absolutely incorrect. Insurance companies, again, remember, are in the business of making money. And so they'll repeatedly deny your appeal, even though they'll, they'll continue to tell you that you can appeal their denials, right? It's right. like a, a catch-22. You think that you may have a case. They're going to tell you if you have a case. They come back telling you you have no case. <laughs> but then they'll tell you, but send us more documents. See if you have a case. <laughs> See if you have a case, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, where am I? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Janet, again, if your husband who suffered a heart attack here, which is a very, very serious thing, and suffers from all these other things, if he has doctors who are saying he cannot work, then he should qualify for LTD. And you know, John, if he's gone through three appeals... I, I'll tell you, I mean they've wasted Time's a lot ticking. of yeah they've yeah, wasted a lot of valuable time, and I can only imagine that these three denials have made him even more depressed, right He's suffering from PTSD, he has other issues i can I can imagine only the financial strain that the family's under. We can help you don't have to go through this charade of these appeals and listen, if you don't believe me, if you think that we're simply here on the show saying this to our own benefit, go through the appeals. Go through the appeal. And we get every week, John. We get people contacting us saying, "We've gone through the appeals, one, two, three, whatever it is. You were right. You were right. Should have done wanna. exactly." Yep. And you know, we never say we told you so. We just feel bad for people who have just wasted months, if not years, going through this, you know, process, which I think is extremely unfair, not transparent, and is designed to frustrate you and
0: again shake you off
1: so that you walk away from money that they owe you.
0: We'll talk a little more about the uh, appeal denials here in just a moment, but we'll take a break and get back to the emails as well. Help at inyourcorner.ca one eight three three in your corner. This is in your corner on Global News Radio. You want to reach out anytime when we're not doing this show or on TV in your corner as well one eight three three in your corner. Help at inyourcorner.ca. Based on what our, our last email about the three appeals being denied with uh, with Janet's husband, if you appeal repeatedly, get denied on all your appeals, which you're expected to do, get denied. That is. Does it make your legal case
1: weaker if you take it further? no it doesn't it, it all that all means is that you 've wasted time all right. uh and, and you know sometimes actually interestingly enough, we get people coming to us where they 've been denied on one ground at the beginning and then denied on a different ground on first appeal a second a third ground on the second wow. appeal, and it just goes on and on and you know usually we can you actually use that against the insurance company and say, listen, clearly." you know, you can't even figure out yourselves what mm-hmm. what the ground of appeal is because you keep shifting your logic here. Yeah. But no, it doesn't make your case weaker. It doesn't mean that if you've been denied the appeals, we can't help you. The only time we really cannot help you is if you are beyond the two-year limitation right. period. And that's very important to understand and remember. John, one more thing that I want to say. I got an email um, last week <laughs> And uh, I, I keep forgetting to mention that to you, actually, just off the show, uh, that uh, there's an individual who uh, watches the TV show as well as uh, listen to the radio show. And he says, you know, you sound pretty frustrated with insurance company, but, you know, I like, little... I, I, like, I like most lawyers that, you know, I, I speak with. And he's in a profession where he deals with a lot of lawyers. He says, yeah. you seem to be very emotional about these things. Oh, well, yeah. And, and I said to him, I said, you know, I, I said, I, I'm emotional because this is affecting people's lives. Like, we get to know individuals, right? For us, yes, we're handling a lot of cases, but I know a lot about my clients. I know a lot about their families. I I often go to their houses, you know, to have meetings as opposed to them coming to the office. I mean, it depends on the case, obviously, and the distance. But I can tell you this, that emotion gets transferred uh, or not transferred, gets projected onto the insurance company and their lawyer when their lawyers, the defense lawyers, see how uh, personally we take these kinds of claims, I mean, this doesn't cloud my judgment or James's judgment or any of the judgment of our lawyers, but when the other side sees how uh, not necessarily emotional, but how how passionate we are, that we're willing to take this all the way as though this is a family member, they value the claim differently. They're no longer seeing it, oh yeah, this guy will sell his client out. You know, it, just imagine if you're going to a doctor and you're facing, a, you know, an illness, it's very difficult. Do you want the doctor that is completely dissociated from you? Or do you want a doctor that has the same expertise, if not more, who actually feels your pain, who yeah. feels your family's pain? Right. So I I think that that's actually a good thing. And I think that the fact that I'm projecting that and my team is able to project that themselves in their own way to the insurance company to the lawyers defending them, they know that for us this is personal, that we're going to go all the way if we have to, to get justice.
0: Want to get to an email from Owen, uh, help at inyourcorner.ca. Owen writes in says, I was on LTD for about a year. When my insurance company decided, they decided that I should be able to go back to work. My doctors disagree because of my depression and chronic pain syndrome. I was going for treatments at a clinic the insurance company recommended, and I guess they told the insurance company that, "Ah, I'm all better. That's not true. What can I do? Well,
1: Owen, unfortunately, you've fallen into a trap that some people do fall into, not because you did anything wrong yourself. You didn't know any better. Yep. Uh, But this is what happens in instances uh, that I have seen where the individual is going to a clinic uh, or a facility that the insurance company had recommended, quote unquote, And, you know, you have to ask yourself, if you have a rehab clinic or you have a psychologist or whatever it is, and the insurance company says, hold on, we want you to go see our guys. We want you to go see our practitioners, not for an assessment, but for treatments. You got to ask yourself, why is it? I mean, if I have a psychologist and they want me to see their psychologist for treatments, why? I understand the insurance company saying, listen, we think you haven't tried a certain therapy. We have a certain health practitioner that can provide that therapy that your doctor cannot I understand that, but when you're going to a physio or when you're going to a chiropractor or a psychologist or whatever it is, and the insurance company is now telling you, hold on for a second, maybe you should stop going to the people you're comfortable with and go to the people we tell you to go to, you know, it's a red flag for me. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that the people that the insurance company is recommending you go to don't know what they're doing, but I'm questioning their loyalties. So in Owen's case, you know, here he goes to a clinic that the insurance company sent him to, And those people who are treating him in the clinic are not telling the insurance company that he's all better when he, in fact, he is not. You know, query whether or not they're telling the insurance company that because the insurance company feeds them, right? They send clients their way. So I'm a cynic. Again, I don't know this particular circumstance, but I have seen situations where insurance companies are using that. They're sending you to their own clinic because they know that at some point down the road, there is a likelihood that the individuals treating this individual are going to report back to the insurance company saying this person is now all better. Wow. We can now cut the person off. You know, it's very incestuous. It's very unfair. And and by the time you realize what's happened to you, I'm not going to say it's too late, but, you know, you're in a state of, well, what the hell do I do now? So, again, Owen, what do you do now? Well, you come to us and we will help you. I mean, we'll review the documentation. We may have to send you to some of our doctors who are experts in the field to evaluate whether or not you really are better. Clearly Fee's writing to us, John, he's not better. Uh, clearly he's concerned, but we can fight back. We can fight fire with fire, but be very careful of going to a
0: clinic that the insurance company uh, tells you to go to. Funny, there's, there's a Latin phrase de "omnibus dubitando" means basically question everything. That should be on the top of your policy when you get that from the from, from the insurance company, right, John? That be be, be, be careful starting Latin here. I mean, that, <laughs> now you're getting into my territory. Right? I love the ancient That's languages. It, right? That's uh, it. Want well, to get to? Uh, how about this though? Um, can the insurance company force a disabled person to undergo treatments if that day, if the the disabled person's doctor? Is not big on those treatments, but the insurance companies say, No, we need you never mind the clinic that they send you to, but the actual treatments, can they force you to do that? I think I think I think that's a very nuanced question because
1: I think it depends on what we're talking about. I'll give you an example. Let's say that uh, you know, you're suffering from cancer, God forbid, and your oncologist, for whatever reason, doesn't believe in chemotherapy, okay? I'm not saying that this exists, but let's assume that. And the insurance company says, well, we want you to get chemotherapy or radiation or whatever. Right. We want you to go to a doctor that's going to give you those standard treatments. You know, that's an extreme situation, right? In that situation, the insurance company is acting reasonably, But I have also seen situations where an insurance company is asking you to do things, to take certain drugs because, again, they got an opinion from a consultant, uh, someone on staff who says you should be taking X and Y medication, whereas your own doctors are saying, no, that's the incorrect medication. Or maybe you've tried that medication and you know that it doesn't work for you and it makes you worse. So generally speaking, again, without looking at the specifics, generally, you have an obligation to follow the recommendation of your treating doctors. You don't have an obligation obligation to do what the insurance company is telling you to do if it's in contravention of what your doctors are saying. And if you think about it, the legalities aside, you would want to follow your own doctors. You're not going to follow what the insurance company is saying. You're going to follow what your own doctors
0: are telling you to do. How about this one? They say timing is everything. Deborah just writes in says, I've been on different medications for my depression and anxiety over the years and have found that most of them make me unwell. They make me lose concentration and focus and make me more depressed. My psychologist is treating me uh, with behavioral therapy and other treatments, but medications are minimal because of how I react to them. My LTD insurer adjuster says that unless I take the drugs, their doctor says – I should then be taken off or at least cut off. What can I do? I don't want to be cut off, but I also know that these medications are not good for me and my own psychologist agrees. There you go. John,
1: there you go. It's exactly on point. Uh, Deborah, if your psychologist says that these medications are not good for you for whatever reason, then you do not take them. And if the insurance company is going to cut you off, we're going to fight them. You should absolutely not do something that is going to make you worse. That runs contrary to what the whole point of the policy is supposed to do, which is to help you. So, no, do not feel bullied by the insurance company. Follow whatever your doctors are saying. That is the golden
0: rule. And if the insurance company gives you grief or cuts you off, come to us and we will hit them back. Good for another week to reach out. one eight three three in your corner Help at inyourcorner.ca as well, or quite simply in your corner to find out where you can catch the uh, TV show as well. Till next time, this has been In Your Corner on Global News Radio.